Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing. Cue fake podcast music. Oh my goodness, you didn't think I'd remember because I forgot last time. Sometimes you throw me <laughs> off. I think, don't worry. I think you just do it, you know, I'm going to say you do it on purpose. You know, you just want to surprise people. Like, do we have our podcast music? Do we not? Like, Shoot. what's up with that? You know what? I never even thought of it like that. But yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing is I'm keeping people guessing. That's what's really happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's episode 100. Oh, oh. I know. Can you believe it? You, we have done a hundred episodes. Well, no, I can't. Full episodes because that doesn't even include the the small ones. That's just a hundred regular episodes. No, I can't believe that we're at our hundredth episode. I know. Look at you. You still want to talk murder with me? I'm just amazed. Um, Are you not surprised that we haven't run out of dead people in Michigan? Right, that's disturbing. Yeah, murdered people. A little bit disturbing. But today I do have um, murder suicides in Michigan for you. And I have a a recent one from October, so it's still ongoing. October 2020, in case somebody's listening to this years later. Um, (laughs) All right. The murder of Joseph Stoll and his girlfriend Jacqueline Leopard in Battle Creek. Oh, okay. Do you want to, since we both have some heavy ones, how you want to do this, girl? Well, first I want to talk about oh. how I watched this Netflix documentary, okay. American Murder. Wait, is that the one with Chris Watts? Yes. Oh, I saw it too. So I watched this and we look up lots of murders, for God's sake. For real. But I'm watching this documentary and I'm seriously sick to my stomach. Like, I actually thought I wouldn't be able to finish it. I don't remember the story. Okay. At all. I I don't remember this ever happening, but I don't watch, you know, I don't watch the news. Okay. And I just thought, man, this is so disturbing. Like, this man's married to this lady for many years. Then just up and kills the kids and his her, and she's pregnant. And okay, she's pregnant. So you probably don't remember this, but one of the times you and I were talking about the while recording a podcast, I told you that uh, you had told me you know you'd watch these YouTube videos, and I said, oh, I was watching this YouTube video, and all of a sudden the neighbor tells the guy that he has him on camera backing into his own garage. And the man begins to visibly sweat in that moment. That was Chris Watts. And I had no idea about the whole story. I just knew that from, you know, watching that portion of the video. So the only reason I watched the whole documentary, because I didn't think I was going to be able to either, was my daughter had watched it. And she said, you know, it's done through, like, she said, I'm going to guess like Facebook videos and police body cams. And she said, during the Facebook videos, it's like Shanann, his wife, um, is telling the, her own story 
about what was happening in her marriage because it also shows her text messages to a friend. So it's like she's telling her own story in the documentary. And in the end, you know, you find out that he killed her. It was, I was just like, oh my gosh. She was like the narrator of her own documentary. Yeah, that's creepy. And so I've been obsessed. I've been obsessed. I'm not even playing. Like I've been watching YouTube videos. And then I'm like, actually before recording this, I was watching a YouTube video of a recording of her friend who is in the documentary Okay. Account, you know, going through everything that happened that morning and going through the house. And what's yeah. crazy is now I got to go back and watch the God darn documentary again because her, what she's saying to this police officer yeah. is not what in the heck was in the documentary. Really? And so, yeah, it's like, not that I'm saying she's lying because, you know, obviously she's not, but it's yeah. like, Holy moly, like, I thought the phone was found at the top of the stairs, not in a couch. Like, they must have cut it up. Oh. You know, so much that, but, yeah, I have just been nonstop watching, you know, YouTube videos and conspiracy videos on this whole thing. Okay. How they said one more recent one was how he believes he shouldn't be in jail. What? And I thought when he was in the police interrogation, oh, because he says she killed him, but I thought, and this is why I got to rewatch the documentary and the police interrogation, I thought he told the story that his kids were still alive when he threw them into the oil. So what he did, okay, so that is actually something Ariana and I talked about. So, um, Okay, so it, initially in the inter- police interview, he says that she killed the children. Right. And the officer says, you want her to be remembered? This is what you're trying to do? And in the end, he does break down. Now, Ariana and I were talking about whether the kids were still alive when they went in the drum. I thought he smothered them. I thought he put a blanket over their head and smothered them once they got to the oil field, Right. See, and I thought in the interrogation, he's telling the story and may, yeah, maybe I missed that. Like before he carried them up and dropped, dropped them in. I don't know, but it's like, there's so many different versions. It, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm addicted to it for some reason right now. Like I get it. Listening to all the conspiracy videos, but you have no judgments anyway, for me. Okay. That, I, I will. So totally totally eat popcorn and watch people fight on the internet about conspiracy theories on different uh murders so i i I understand and i'm still trying to seek out why in all the crime shows all the documentaries a hundred episodes for god's sake and this one gets me right like i I think it's because he killed his own little girls and his pregnant wife yeah, I don't and know. And he just all of a sudden just turned on a dime, basically, because he met another woman. Like, you could have just fucking divorced her. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, the, and left everybody the, alive. Right. And some of the YouTube videos, the conspiracy ones, say, you know, they believe that his girlfriend played a hand in it. Mm-hmm. They were some interesting. My daughter thinks uh, that the girlfriend had a role in it. Like, there was this one 
that the lady like blew up the camera footage from the neighbor and uh-huh. supposedly you can see a woman with a ponytail. Okay. I couldn't see it. I, okay. I watched it a couple times. Like, this is a blurry blob of freaking nothing. Tough. I hear you. Like, I <laughs> yeah. So, right. but anyways, there, there it is. That's what has consumed my life as I, I work and I clean. Is all Dude. this. Yeah. I know, right? I get it. No, I, I get it. I understand. Actually, go ahead. Get, do a deep dive in there and then come back and tell me what you found because I'm so interested in that subject. Right. So well, you know, it's, what's funny is that I have been jotting things down. Like, I got to rewatch this part of the documentary. <laughs> Let me rewatch this. And how now your whole story, like the one I'm listening to now on YouTube, is like, girl, you're that don't even match. They must have cut that thing up so bad. Like, they did, they did a poor documentary then. Because the stuff you're saying, finding the phone in the couch, didn't is not in that damn documentary. They okay. see the phone at the top of the staircase. Like, if you're gonna make a documentary, make it. Like, oh, but wait, but you're saying that the body cam footage is wrong, right? Like they cut it up so you didn't find. Like she's talking to the police. Yeah, giving her the whole account. Of her whole entire day, her calling, trying to get a hold of her, going to the house. And this is, you know, you're saying that she, when you're saying she's talking to the police, you're talking the body body cam footage. No, this is okay. a separate interview they did. So she's interviewing. She's telling you what she did all day. She's I'm telling so you. <laughs> she's telling the police after the yeah. fact, whole story, taking this guy from beginning okay. to end. Okay, and it's not matching the body cam footage okay and i think it's because they must you know they cut it up like that point where chris picks up her phone and says yeah this is her phone it's off well they're at the top of a staircase not showing that supposedly they found her phone in the couch is what she tells the police after the fact okay like i don't remember to be honest (laughs) i don't remember I know. I I do remember him handing the phone to the police and saying, you know, this is her phone or whatever, but I don't remember like what happened around there. Yeah. Well, you'll be, I'm sending you this when I'm done. Bring it, man. I would love it. (laughs) All right. right. So do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Let's do this. So, murder of Joseph Soul and Jacqueline Leopard, Battle Creek. Just happened in October 2020. Joseph age 34 and Jacqueline age 31 lived in an apartment in a house in an apartment above the Reed family's home in Battle Creek. So Reed's lived downstairs. Jacqueline and Joseph live upstairs. Okay. The couple disappeared October 7th. No one could get a hold of them. No one knew where they were. And their families then reported them missing on October 12th. Okay. Police started their investigation, of course, speaking to the Reeds, since they lived in the same home, but came up empty. No leads to what had happened to the couple. Nothing. Like it's so it's just like they just disappeared? Yep, just like they disappeared off the face of the earth. Okay. It wasn't until a few days later... 
in the investigation where the police received a tip that Chad Reed, age 53, had been the one who murdered the couple, like telling the police that they were murdered by Chad Reed. Okay. Chad did eventually turn himself in. Okay. So first he goes to the police and says, I think they were murdered. And then he's like, yeah, it was me. (laughs) No. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's So police interview Chad Reed. No leads. They come up empty. Don't even suspect him. Okay. Can't figure anything out. Like it's going to go cold. A few days later, someone else calls up the police and gives them a tip that says it's Chad Reed and he murdered them. Okay. Okay. Uh And then about a day later, Chad eventually turns himself into the police and confesses to the murder. So police get this tip. Not sure mm-hmm. how Chad finds out about it. Okay. Chad decides he's going to turn himself in. Yeah. Okay, following? I'm following. All right. He And he stated to the police that during an argument, Joseph tried to stab him with a knife. Oof. And in return... Chad shot Joseph, and when Jacqueline was trying to get away, he shot her. Oh, <laughs> just because she was trying to get away? Yep. Oh, so wow. Then he took their bodies, put them in the back bed of his truck, uh-huh. took his truck, and parked it in a house in an abandoned house's garage near his home. So there was a house that was abandoned with a garage and he puts their bodies in the back bed of his truck and he parks it there in that garage and closes the door. Oh. So still an ongoing case. Wait, so they they didn't find the body in the garage? They did. They found the police. Did yep go to the garage, yeah. found their bodies in the yeah. back bed of his truck, parked in the abandoned house's oh. garage. Okay, so bodies found. Bodies found. And he so when it came down to you know going to court and pleading guilty or not guilty, he chooses to plead not guilty, even after his confession. I'm not really sure why. You confess. They have your vehicle. Yeah. Dead bodies. The bodies are in it. <laughs> they have, now they have people that confirm that this has been an ongoing argument. There's been lots of arguments between Jacqueline and Joseph and Chad Reed. So you're now going and you turned yourself in and now you're going to say you're not guilty. I'm not sure like what we're doing here. But this is interesting. Okay. Still an ongoing case. Right now, he pled not guilty. Uh Then he saw a couple days at, you know, a day or so after, not really sure how long, he turned himself in. Somehow, the house catches on fire and burns. The house that had the bodies? No. Chad Reed's house. 
Oh, his house. Yep. Where everybody lived. Oh, shit. And so that is currently under investigation if it was arson. And, like, you know, people believe that he had somebody burn it to hide evidence. Agreed. But the police said in one of the news, like channels eight or whatnot of Battle Creek, they said the police said that they had already, you know, worked the scene. Okay. And were then going into this burnt up house to find anything else. So if they did burn it to try to hide evidence, they already have enough evidence. Note the truck yeah. with the bodies in. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, so ongoing case. It's like I thought to myself, okay, never renting from anyone. Okay. Never going to rent a house where the landlord lives below me. Okay. Like not happening. You don't you don't like that? See well, no, I don't want to get murdered. My first thought was, what if he had another crime he was trying to cover up? Could like, be. the cops didn't see it the first time they went there, and he told someone, like, bro, you need to burn my fucking house down. Like, they missed, I don't know, I'm going to, the dead body <laughs> that's in the basement closet. I need you to burn the whole fucking thing down. And it's like, roger that. Burn down the house. Right. Cause was, yeah, because he was in jail, right, at the time? Yep, he was in jail. So yeah. he, he didn't physically do it himself. See, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking. It just hurt. Maybe it just so be it. True. Or maybe just some um, villagers with with um, torches and pitchforks came to burn down the house of the evil monster dude. Right. So, but yeah, I stumbled upon them like landlord kills tenants. Jesus Christ. I know. Isn't that terrible? This is why we ne- we're on our but 100th like- episode and we never yeah. run out of shit. I know. For real. There's another one that I'm trying. I'm following. It's a current case. Yeah. Where a woman, a man, and a six-year-old were murdered execution style. Wow. And um, this is an ongoing current case right now. Um. And I've been trying to follow it. It's disgusting as shit. I mean, just that a human being, like, for drugs and money, that was yeah. supposedly right now why it happened. And it just, it makes me sick. Like, you I killed know. a six-year-old. Like, why? I'm sorry. Like, we need the death penalty. We just need to hang you. We don't even need the death penalty. We just need to be able to hang people. Like, <laughs> I just, this it's just so disgusting. And it's like, you know, there was a video of him, the the guy that did it, and well, was accused of doing it. It's like, um, I'm thinking, uh, this is how he does it. I'm thinking I need a lawyer. I'm thinking it's going to need to be appointed lawyer. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? like, oh wow! And you like, think- I see evil, <laughs> and it is you. Yeah, you. Oh, he does look evil too. It's it's just sick. It's absolutely okay. sick, but that's how we don't run out of shit. So I'm gonna. People. I know this is why. Yeah, because people are going to be terrible beings forever. Uh, I have two murder suicides that I'm gonna tell you about. Okay. One is a double murder and a suicide. This is a depressing is, episode. 
It is depressing. A lot of murder is going <laughs> okay. down. Okay. So the first that I have is Andre Watson. He was about 30 years old. And he was a young man on the rise in the political field of Detroit. He had graduated from the University of Michigan. And he was working as a policy staffer for James Tate. He's part of the Detroit City Council. And Andre did a lot of work for the Planning and Economic Development Subcommittee. He worked with at-risk use. And he's on the state's medical and recreational marijuana laws because marijuana is legal here in Michigan. Um, Andre had plans to go to U of M's law school in the upcoming fall semester and earn another degree. So he is just out and doing things. Sunday, July 5th, 2020, Westland police received a notice from OnStar that was connected to a 2020 Cadillac due to somebody hitting the panic button. And the person with OnStar service didn't respond to the hails from the company, so they sent the police to investigate. And when the police arrived at Willow Creek Apartments, which is on Ford Road near 275, they found DeAndre deceased in the car. He had died of a gunshot wound and an apparent homicide. Now, he wasn't known to have any enemies, so they start you know, to look around, and they found an associate, Deontes Jones, and while investigating the murder, they find Deontes Jones, who's 25 years old, dead in DeAndre's apartment. And DeAndre's car is um, in the par- apartment parking lot, also dead, with DeAndre's dead body in it, which is a homicide, and Deontes was a suicide. So Deontes kills DeAndre in the car, goes into his apartment, and kills himself. Now, two things, though. The one thing I couldn't find was if the police had matched the ballistics yet between the bullets from the two, the two men. And I do know, though, that they closed the case as a murder-suicide. So maybe they did. Hmm. And maybe. Just, just one thing is Deontes. And, and, um, so I, I went through several articles, which I should have said. Detroit News, XYZ.com, PrideSource.com, and Oakland Press. One said that he often went by the name Sean, but I'm going to call him Deontes consistently so we know his name. So they start to look into Deontes, and then they find a second connection. There's a man um, named Quentin DeGraffenried, who was 26 years old this summer. He had recently been found murdered as well. He had been in an off-again, an on-again, four-year relationship with Deontes. And Deontes was known to violently abuse Quentin. And they had this relationship where he would abuse him, they'd break up, he'd say he was sorry, they'd get back together and it happened again. So Q, okay, and often Quentin was called Q, and Q had been murdered about a week before DeAndre and Deontes were found. Q's body was found on June 29th, and it was believed that he had been deceased for several days. And Q was thought to be Deontes' first victim. When he had been found... Okay, so when he had been, okay, he had been found, so according to one article, it said, oh, he had been found beaten to death in his apartment. And another article said he had been shot multiple times, so I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. But I do know that Q had an extensive family that made up his foster, because he had a foster family and he had a biological family that he was close to. And they were actually the people that became concerned when they weren't able to contact him. And Q's grandmother, Rosa Hayes, called her daughter, Q's Aunt Adrian. Uh, after multiple days went by with no sign of him. And Adrian Rosa drove to Q's apartment. And Rosa stayed in the car while Adrian investigated. And after finding the door lock, Adrian knocked on his window to get Q's attention. 
and she was immediately concerned by the smell coming from the apartment, coupled with the abnormally large number of flies that she could see. Yeah. Rosa said she knew what happened to Q before she called to the police. Quote, I knew, said Rosa. I just sat in the car and I knew. And that's his grandmother, end quote. And that's his grandmother. Yeah, so Q shared information with his family regarding his toxic relationship with Deontes, but he didn't, like, give them the full story of how bad it was. So they knew, uh, you know, they knew it was bad, just not how bad. But on one occasion recently, Q had told a family neighbor, uh, member named Ashante and his grandmother Rosa that if anything happened to him, it would be because of Deontes. And the last time Q had spoke to Ashante, she said she could hear Q and Deontes arguing while she was on the phone. Like at that point, yeah. if I would come to you and be like, if anything happens to me, it's this person. You yeah. should be telling me not to like get out, right? Like, yeah. well, we all, I don't know, we all, but I, lots of people know somebody in a really abusive re- relationship that just can't seem to leave. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what you say to them, they are just, they just are not, they just can't, they're not at a place where they're going to leave. It doesn't matter what you say. Ugh. Yeah, it's awful. So they, all three of them actually might have known each other because Q's family said that he had talked about a friend who was connected to the Detroit City Council named Dre, but they could not figure out why Deontes would murder the two men before killing himself. And Quentin and Andre... Quentin de Graffenried and DeAndre Watson had their funerals on the same day, just three miles apart from each other. And, you know, it didn't actually mention Deontes, which I was like, that's fine, because he's the murderer. Right. All right, and here's another one I'm going to tell you about. These are the the Renouses. The Renouches. So Mark and Maria Aurora Renouche lived in Orion Township, and in 2016... They're hosting this 17-year-old student from Japan in a student exchange program. Mark was 57, and he was a graduate from Michigan State University. He's a senior copywriter, and he spent his career in advertising. And his wife, Maria Aurora, she was 56, and she basically worked in the home. On Thursday, March 31st, 2016, the student, the young student, said she could hear the couple arguing and that it was actually pretty common for them to argue. So according to her... Because the arguments had been escalating, she just put in her headphones and turned it up until she couldn't hear them arguing anymore. And at one point, she thought maybe she heard a loud noise, but she didn't really think anything of it. She goes to, the, she goes to school and she, for a half day, because she had a half day school thing. She returns back to the house shortly before noon on Friday. And th- at this point, she does start to like look for the couple. And she does find them dead in their bed. Now, as she's oh. like, finding them dead in the bed the Oakland County deputies are pulling up for a welfare check because, um, oh no, I'm sorry. Maria didn't work from the home. She worked in the office. I'm sorry. Cause her coworkers are the ones that um, called when she didn't come to work. Okay. <sighs> I don't know why I wrote home on that part. Cause I even crossed it out and then kept going. <laughs> 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 and I was like, you know, when you read five articles, Ellie, you should just uh, double check your shit. Okay. <laughs> right. wow. So Maria, Right. So they knew that Maria Aurora had been murdered. She had been shot in the face from a distance. And Mark was on the bed next to her with the self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. And they do have three sons, but they're grown and not living in the family home. 
But you want to know what my whole thought was this whole time? I'm reading hmm. the articles. This poor Japanese student, this young girl, goes to a foreign country. She's living in a home where the people are constantly arguing. So that's got to be uncomfortable. Right. right. You're already out of your element. You're in this uncomfortable home. You find dead people. The people you realize you spent the night sleeping with dead people in the house. You w- woke up, got ready for school with dead people in the house. And you come back. And then, like, if that was her home, where did she live after that? Before going back home. Like, right. Where did and she stay she, that night? When she goes back, you know. she's gonna, they're gonna, Oh, it's going to be awful. Right. And the fact, yeah, they're going to. Americans are crazy. So yes, and I'm thinking this poor girl. <laughs> I was like, you poor baby boo. Come to a foreign country and this horrifying thing. You have to live through this horrifying thing. Ugh. Well, that was depressing. <laughs> that is depressing. <laughs> Happy 100th episode. Happy 100th episode. You know, depressing I, I, think, I am going to have... Um, a kind of a weird one that involves um, someone that's considered a bandit. And at one point people think that he is part of like a foreign, like military spy ring. Really? Yeah. Do we ever do give it away? Yeah. Do we ever do any episodes on like the mob? Not really. Do you know that there was a mob in Michigan called the purple gang? Why would they call themselves the Purple Gang? Because purple is the most awesome color ever. (laughs) (laughs) And if none of you know, Allie's favorite color is purple. (laughs) For real. I mean, if we're giving it away. Yeah. So a better question is why wouldn't they be the Purple Gang? Right. My (laughs) my fault. We should tell everyone. Well, of course. Thank everyone for listening to us. Thank you. Over a hundred <laughs> episodes. But mm-hmm. that, you know, if they want to join us, they got a story, they want to tell it, they should get a hold of us. And it's yes, really not actually, getting a hold of us. I would like everybody to know Allie. It's getting a hold of me through Facebook. Yeah. You can get a hold of me through Facebook or through our email, which is Michigan Another Mayhem. At Gmail. Yeah. Allie's on top of that. Me, on the other hand, I'm not. Yes. Oh, did I tell you? we? I do think we have someone recording with us um, next time. Next Ooh. week. See? Look. Everybody can yeah. in. See, it worked. You said something and it happened. It did. <laughs> oh, I'm taking credit for that one. Is that right? Okay. All right. Well, let's celebrate 100 episodes. I'm, I'm excited. Sweet. I did it. Hold on. Yeah. Did you did you get me a gift? Um mm-hmm. I mean we kind of hundred. <laughs> no, I didn't. Wow. I'm sorry. No gifts? It's not I'm a sorry. Part, it's not a gift. It's not a celebration if nothing's exchanged. I get it. Um I'll figure it out, don't worry. <laughs> don't you worry, I'll figure something out. <laughs> uh all right. All right, I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Contact us at Anchor or Michigan Other Mayhem at gmail.com or on Facebook to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, or correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Bye-bye now.